Les's League. Hello and welcome back to Big Les's League and all rugby league experience. I'm your host, Big Les. Uh, let's talk about these Sunday and Monday games. Uh, the first one was the Titans v the Dragons. Now, you got to give some credit here to the Titans. They did an absolutely outstanding job um, without, obviously, AJ Brimson at fullback and without Kieran Foran in the six as well. They did a really, really impressive job over the Dragons who, you know, came into this year better than expected and you know the Titans they delivered a really really solid performance in this one to get the win over the Dragons um Toby Sexton, I really enjoyed his return into the NRL. He was uh, quite impressive for the Gold Coast Titans. Sort of makes you think, you know, is Toby Sexton going to be the seven when Kieran Foran comes back if he keeps playing uh, like he did? And it's only been one game, so you've got to watch a few more games before you make that call. But I think it's definitely worth asking the question because he was the seven uh, for most of last year, obviously before uh, they switched over to Tanner Boyd. But look, it's definitely one to think about. Definitely one to think about for the Gold Coast Titans. Uh, The Dragons, they appear to have had the game won pretty much when Ben Hunt crossed uh, to break the 14-14 deadlock with seven minutes remaining. Uh, But the Titans, they had three sets on the visitors try line for Sexton uh, to bust through on the left edge. Super tough contest for me. Uh, I thought Big Tino was outstanding. Tino Fasulamala Aoi, you know, racked up a ton of meters, uh, especially in such a tough contest where it was level for a long time. Uh, I thought that Tino was outstanding in the front row and a big factor to why the Titans, you know, got to the position they were in to win this game. Um, for Feeder, I thought that he was finding his spark there on that edge. I thought that he had a pretty decent game, you know, racking up 160-something metres. I think it was 165 metres in this game for a big day for Feeder. Thought he had a blinder there on that edge. You know, it was a really gritty, uh, tough performance from the Titans. I think Justin Holbrook will be quite happy with how his side plays, uh, played, sorry, and, you know, they kept their composure. You know, they played an up-tempo style of footy and attack, and it sort of troubled the Dragons throughout the contest, to be honest, as well in this game. Um, Francis Molo, obviously, during the game, was placed on a port and sin bin for a high tackle uh, on Mo- Moiki Fodawaka in the fourth minute of the game. The Dragons were holding on in their defense during the period as well. Uh, the Titans were denied tries on four occasions by the Dragons throughout the contest, while the home side pulled off four try savers of their own. So, look, it was pretty much just back and forth throughout this entire game. Uh, Philip Sami was pretty much untouchable throughout the afternoon. He racked up 275 metres with 17 tackle busts, three line breaks and a try. Uh, Sexton, as I said, iced the cake with an awesome performance and obviously that try at the end. Yeah, look, I mean, Zach Lomax had a uh, pretty much a golden opportunity to sort of level the scores there and, and failed to kick that penalty goal. And a lot of fans, you know, thought that the Dragons were robbed in this game. Personally, thought it was a tough contest. The Titans, they just played better in the end. They had a lot of star performances, including those of Philip Sami, Toby Sexton, uh, Dave Fafita on that edge, Tano through the middle. Uh, really solid performances. Jermaine, uh, sorry, not Jermaine, uh, Jaden uh, Campbell, sorry. Um, I thought he was super impressive in this game, super impressive at fullback. It sort of makes you think that Jaden Campbell should be, you know, the starting fullback in this team. Had a suggestion from a fan, actually, that Kieran 
four and should move to seven. They put AJ at six uh, and then have, you know, Jaden Campbell at fullback. I don't think Kieran Foran's a seven. Generally, when Kieran Foran goes to seven and he doesn't have an organizing half next to him, uh, he doesn't tend to go too well. You look back to when he was at the Bulldogs, it was sort of something we were worrying about actually going into this season, you know, before we knew what the lineups were going to be, before we knew that Tanner Boyd was going to be the seven. We were sort of worried that Kieran Foran, you know, was going to struggle like he did uh, at the Bulldogs and, uh, you know, have a lot of pressure on him to be the main guy in this team. So it's pretty much the only reason why I don't like that too much. I don't think that Kieran Foran needs that pressure in his game. He plays a lot better without that pressure in his game. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't think I'd be putting him at seven. Uh, AJ Brimson, I think, proved that he wasn't a six either. So uh, I'm not going to go back to old habits there. I think that, you know, it's going to be a really, really tough call to make, especially when you want to try and fit Jaden Campbell into this team. For me, I'd have Jaden Campbell at fullback, but I don't know the repercussions of that. I don't know what I would do with AJ Brimson just quietly. If that means that I have to put AJ at six, even though he's not a six, I'd probably do it because it'd probably be worth it, to be honest. But I don't know if it is worth it. That's the thing. It's sort of a bit of a head scratcher for me. But look, I'm going to be pretty confident in whatever the Titans do because both AJ um, and Jaden Campbell play really well when they're on. And to be honest, we saw a little glimpse of it, you know, against the the West Tigers when the Titans won against the West Tigers. Is, but, um, you know, that combo when Jaden Campbell comes off the bench with AJ and Jaden Campbell, that could really be explored if Jaden Campbell is going to be that 14. Yeah, look, as I said, I don't mind it as long as they figure something out. I mean, the Gold Coast Titans, you know, they are really lucky to have this sort of problem. And I think that um, Jaden Campbell, you know, plays well when he's on. So does AJ Brimson. I think they could really build a combo if Jaden Campbell does come off the bench. So, yeah, as I said, look, very, very, you know, I'm, I'm quite happy uh, with whatever they choose to do if that is, you know, Jaden Campbell coming off the bench. But I think that Jaden Campbell is a starting player and does get me thinking Jaden Campbell could probably go elsewhere if he doesn't get a starting crack with the Gold Coast Titans. But anyway, not focusing on that. I know I'm going to probably have BKR Sport up me asshole about, you know, Jaden Campbell will never leave and all that, um, you know, all that stuff. But um, yeah, look, it's definitely a possibility to consider if he doesn't get a starting spot in this team. I think he's definitely a starting caliber fullback. Uh, but anyway, look, Titans, you know, other than that, Tino had a big game. Fafita had a big game. Sexton had an awesome game. Uh, and I thought that Jaden Campbell at the back was really, really good. And uh, it was unfortunate because it was such a tight game, such a tight contest, uh, especially in the forwards department. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I thought the Titans were absolutely sensational. So credit to the Gold Coast Titans. The next game was the Knights v. the Warriors. Now, super unexpected here for the Knights to grab the win there. Obviously, missing Tyson Gamble um, at six. He was out. Phoenix Crossland came in. Thought he did a pretty good job to replace Tyson Gamble. You know, their third string 5-8 there. And the Knights did quite well to get the win, especially when they lost Jaden Braley quite late with that ACL injury, which is super unfortunate. We talked about the effects this is going to have, you know, on this Newcastle Knights side, having Jaden Braley out. Um, it's going to be super, super unfortunate for them. You know, he has been so good for them. Uh, when they're really firing an attack, it's because of some of his efforts at a dummy half. Uh, and the fact that they've now lost him for the rest of the year with that ACL injury is so unfortunate for them. So unfortunate for them and that's why I just think it was such a gutsy performance from both of these teams but particularly from the Newcastle Knights um, to get that win there third string 5-8 
losing Jaden Braley. I mean, so many factors as to why this was such a gutsy performance from them, and it really was. Um, yeah, look, they had fended off a second consecutive Warriors comeback. Um, and look, it was very close. The Warriors were very close to winning this game. You know, they have guys like Edward Cozzi uh, running 192 metres. Chance of a clock start with great defence and 229 metres in this game. You know, some stellar performances from a losing side. Dom Young. Uh, he scored seven tries in his past four games now as well. Uh, Sean Johnson went past 1,000 points for the club. You know, some really big performances from both teams. Um, but, yeah, look, I mean, a super gutsy performance, losing their hooker um, in this game. And, and the Warriors as well, they lost Wade Egan to a head knock in the game. And uh, Tamari Martin with an ankle injury. You know, they've both uh, failed to finish the game with those injuries and obviously a factor why the Warriors lost. But they nearly came back. They nearly came back in this game, which is just insane for the Warriors. It was such a tough game and a really enjoyable one too. And look, we talk about gutsy performances from the Warriors. The Knights led 22-6 to at halftime and enjoyed 60% of the possession in the opening half. And the Warriors still nearly made a comeback without their hooker or their number six. Um, but overall, they did complete 80, 84% for the evening, the, the Knights. Um, but the Warriors, they nearly still came back. They nearly still came back, which is just going to show, uh, you know, the toughness that have been bred into them over the offseason. Uh, and it just goes to show Andrew Webster's coaching, mate. It's paying off. It's paying off. Um, and yeah, the Warriors, they still looked good without some of their main spine players. It is going to be interesting to see what, you know, how they look going into next week. You know, an interesting thing is, you know, depending on how bad the ankle injury for Tamale Martin is going into next week, you could see Luke Metcalf coming in and playing six, which is actually something I'm quite excited about. You know, I wouldn't see it as a downside for, you know, the, the Warriors at all. Luke Metcalf is an absolutely insane 5'8". Yeah, so apparently, you know, and this this is, you know, not confirmed yet because he hasn't gone for scans uh, as of yet, but um, it looks like, and this is from the NRL physio, um, you know, out of skin bone sort of fibula injury. I don't know what to take from that, but it says that the recovery time for his particular injury for adequate bone healing is six to eight weeks. So Tamano Martin could be out for six to eight weeks um, for the New Zealand Warriors. So as bad as that is and how good Tomato Martin's been, it's going to be a big loss. Getting a guy like Luke Metcalf in, if he's not injured, uh, that is going to be massive, absolutely massive for the Warriors to get him into this side. In terms of the hooking role, you know, Wade Egan uh, injured again. You'd imagine that he'd be, you know, going through that 11-day standout. He's probably going to be out uh, going into this weekend. Uh, in terms of that hooking role, there are some guys, some younger guys that have come in for the Warriors. Uh, the name escapes me, but there's a few guys that came in even this year while Wade Egan was out, I think, with either injury or suspension. Um, but yeah, look, there's some guys that can come in for the Warriors. Um, so look, I mean, they're not going to go too bad over the next few weeks. They've got guys that have come in. They've blooded guys into this side, obviously last year when they had a stack of injuries as well, you know, it's, they're still going to be a very strong outfit going into the next few weeks, the Warriors. Um, but still look an unfortunate, um, thing for them to lose both of those guys. But the fact that, as, as I said, they, the fact that they nearly came back and won that game, which would have been their second consecutive comeback, uh, in two games 
is insane. Is such a good um, sort of sign there for the Warriors and, and, and just credits Andrew Webster's coaching. And I'm very excited to see what the Warriors look like going into the next, you know, six to eight weeks, essentially, if Tamale Martin is out for that long. Hopefully not. But if he is, you know, how are they going to go with Luke Metcalf and maybe if he can sort of edge his way into this team. Now, uh, going into the Monday game, the Tigers v the Eels. Fuck, it was an awesome performance from the Parramatta Reels. It was also a good performance from the West Tigers. And, you know, a team uh, that has now lost um, six games out of six games, you know, the fact that they pulled out a performance like that against the Parramatta Reels, I think West Tigers fans have to be happy with how their team played on the weekend and put in a really tough performance. You know, it could have been a very, very big win by the Eels. It could have been a massive win by the Eels, to be honest. Um, but for them to come into that game and put in the performance that they did, super impressive there. I'm actually really impressed with the West Tigers, to be honest, after that game. Super impressed. Um, you know, it is showing good signs. It is showing improvement going into the next few weeks, particularly this weekend. So, look, I'm quite impressed with the Tigers in that game. You know, they've still got a lot to improve on. It was still quite a scrappy game, but, you know, they did put in a much better performance than previous weeks, and they did show, you know, they, they showed hard. And as hard as it is for some, you know, Tigers fans to hear, they showed heart in that game. They, you know, showed that they wanted to be in that game. They wanted to be in the contest. You know, the discipline that they showed in some aspects of the game as well. I thought it was quite impressive and I thought it was okay signs from the West Tigers. So I just wanted to say that because obviously there are some West Tigers fans who aren't happy with that win, you know, who are burning jerseys, who, you know... Are saying ridiculous things about their club. They are showing improvement and they have shown improvement in this game. And to lose the way they did, if they were to lose 40 nil, I would get it. I would get the way that West Tigers fans are currently acting. But they only lost by four to six points in this game, in this contest. They only just lost. And they lost Adam Dewey now for the year, which is going to be big for them, obviously. Uh, it's going to be much harder to win games without a guy like Adam Dewey in this team. Um, but, you know... In saying that, it was a strong performance. They are showing improvement. And I think there are some good signs to take out of that game for the West Tigers. As for the Parramatta Reels, strong performance, especially from Mitch Moses. I thought that his kicking game, you know, his running game in this one as well was first class. He set up four of the tries that his side scored out of the five tries that they scored in that game. Uh, Three from kicks and another from a looping cutout pass. Um... So, I mean, yeah, super impressive. His ball playing, uh, his kicking game as well in this one was first class for me. Um, you know, in a game where we said that he probably needed to stand up because of the weight of, obviously, last year when the West Tigers did beat the Parramatta Reels by that field goal. West Tigers did put in a strong performance over the Parramatta Reels and beat them last year. You know, they wanted to put in a strong performance against them and uh, Moses had a massive game. A massive, massive game. And a fun little Mitch Moses start here. Uh, the star half now boasting 10 wins in 12 games against the club. Uh, he played 67 games for between 2014 uh, and 2017. So awesome little stat there. Nice little cheeky stat. Uh, after the Eels got out to a 22-6 lead early in the second half, the West Tigers stormed back to close the gap with uh, to two points with 10 minutes to go uh, before Mike Acevo's second try of the game and Moses' fourth conversion confirmed Parramatta's second win of 2023. So uh, for the Parramatta Reels to be leading 
uh, going into the second half and for the West Tigers to show a bit of heart and come back late, which they sort of did over the past few weeks, but particularly in this game was a much stronger performance from me and, and as I said, showed a lot of heart um, from the West Tigers in that second half, which I am quite impressed with, um, particularly, you know, comparing it to their previous performances. The Eels, they still got the win there. Uh, Moses Masterclass. Junior Tupo for the West Tigers, I thought was outstanding, um, you know, in a losing team to run about two 221 metres in this game um, and, and just to look really, really good. There was a moment in that game where, you know, he shouldn't have passed the ball and he did and uh, it led to an error. But regardless of that one moment, I mean, throughout the entire game, I thought he was super impressive and he looked really dangerous when he had the footy in his hands. Um, I think he's going to solidify a spot in this team and if they drop him, I think that's a bit ridiculous. I was sort of high on him over the past few weeks when he did come into the side originally. He's a really talented footballer, Junior Tupo, and I think that he's got a lot to prove in this competition and I think he proved that uh, in this one. 221 metres in this game was unreal. Uh, You know, David Clemens' 200th game as well. They would have liked to have gotten the win here, but as I said, Still a really tough performance from the West Tigers in this one, so I think he's going to be happy with that. Uh, with the West Tigers, they have now lost their last seven games at a core stadium, while the Eels have won eight of their past nine games against the West Tigers. Not really a nice stat to hear there, but look, as I said, and I'll say it again, the second half performance, I thought, showed a lot more heart than what they had showed over previous weeks, and I was very impressed with their second half performance. Uh, look, bad news for the West Tigers as well. Not only has Adam Dewey done his ACL, but Brett Naden has suffered a, su- a suspected uh, broken collarbone in injury as well. So yeah, not good for the West Tigers, but look, impressed with their second half performance. It was a Parramatta Reels masterclass though. Mitch Moses masterclass. You can't take anything away from Mitch Moses here. He played a really solid game of football. Gutho as well. Micah Sevo scoring two tries in this game. Um, Really, really solid performances from all of those guys. And um, yeah, look, a really tough game of football and an enjoyable one as well. But I think the Tigers, they still have things to fix in terms of their discipline. But I, I regard this as a lot of improvement compared to where they were in previous weeks. One.